93.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports. Thanks for coming in here this morning. Uh, The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. In 25 minutes, we are going to go to Louisville, Kentucky, uh, to Churchill Downs, actually to uh, one of the uh, suites at Churchill Downs, where we'll find Jerry Crawford in his his suite um, taking in a Kentucky Oaks card. But we'll we'll get uh, kind of the the atmosphere, if you will. We'll talk to Jerry Crawford, who owns number one, Mo Donegal, uh, him and his group in tomorrow's Run for the Roses. We'll get the latest from the owner's mouth on his horse, who he thinks uh, has the uh, how he if he thinks his horse can win, which he does, and who he fears most, etc. With Jerry Crawford coming up here at about uh, ten twenty-five. Then Tom Cakert will get into Iowa with Tom. Chris Murray, you put it out there a couple of days ago. The blowback was fierce. You don't know a damn thing. Who are you going to listen to? Certainly not Trent Condon no, of, of anybody. Not, no. Um, At least I got my name right. That's true. And that's all you asked for. That's right. Uh, but there, then the Gazette came out with their piece yesterday and starting to see some dominoes line up. I hope he comes back. I, I hope that, um, and I know you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. You would love to be wrong on this. Uh, is uh, Chris Murray maybe headed to the NBA is what we're referring to. So we'll do that and a bunch of other Hawkeye topics with Tom Cakert at about 10.40, 10.45. At 11.05, off to Vegas, we shall go. Mike Palm in his normal spot. 11.05, we'll talk to our friend from Circa Sports, Mike Palm, the VP of Operations at Circa and the D. Do you see the slot? That uh, the jackpot that was hit at the D earlier this week, just under one point five million dollars on a slot machine. On a slot machine, that's a pretty nice payday, oh. huh? <laughs> it was like a hundred or a million four hundred and seventy-eight thousand. A lot of money. Jeez, a lot of money. Somebody hit the, one of the jackpots. I'm guessing it's one of those progressive slots, right? That uh, well, I'm not guessing. That's had to be the case. So. Um, We'll talk to Mike Palm about stuff, Vegas stuff, coming up here uh, at 11.05. And then Dave Sproul on Iowa State, and I'm guessing probably the Minnesota Twins will be a part of that conversation. Your rookie phenom shortstop, Royce Lewis, has been called up to the majors, and he's going to get his opportunity tonight, I guess, huh? Yeah, disappointing last two days after the long win streak, everything mm-hmm. feeling great, and then you lose back-to-back to, back to Orioles. Baltimore. It could be worse. I mean, it's it could baseball. be it could be the Cincinnati Reds. Well, I don't think anybody's losing two in a row to that team. Trent, Boy, I they are watched, brutal. I watched yesterday afternoon the Reds and the Brewers got off to a good start, three nothing after the first half inning. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee comes to the plate, boom, bang, bing, <laughs> three three, and then just that was it. I mean, just unbelievable. Trent, they started out the year two and two, and now are one and twenty since then. <laughs> they were two and two after the first weekend of the season. One and twenty since. This is an historically bad team. Um, I'm guessing that'll come up with Mike Palm, too. Just how badly are they getting beat up by the Cincinnati Reds? Well, and I continue to just pound the minus one and a half. Again, it was my pick yesterday. You and you're calling it a free square, which essentially it is. Now, they get the Pirates this week. 
weekend, so maybe doesn't feel like as much of a free square. So this is their chance, you're saying? Maybe. Just I wonder maybe. if there's a series price. What would you bet? Reds, Pirates, three-game set, Cincinnati. Well, you wouldn't. Well, maybe you would bet. I was going to say, man, if you're betting the Pirates versus the Reds, you got problems. Well, I got problems already, so it doesn't say. take that for, for that to happen. Let's see. We got It's in Cincinnati. It's in Cincy. I'm going to make the Pirates a minus... 130 favorite? To win two of three. To win two of three. And plus 110 maybe is all on the Reds. 115. Probably something like that. It's pretty tight. Yeah. There are some places that do do those series lines. I wonder if Circa's one of them. I'll have to ask Mike Palm. I don't know. It's kind of a fun way to bet the weekend. Mm -hmm. Just say, got to get two out of three here. If you're going to do that, if you're going to offer that, you got to play, or don't you have to put it up uh, in games where you know that it's, they're going to be played, see that as a roof over their heads? Well, if it's, I mean, if the series pushes because the game's canceled, then well, you get your money back. I get it. And if two are canceled, hey, it's just the one game. So that's how you would do it. Yeah, All right, yeah. not bad. Um, so that's the show. Oh, and Claxons. And here's how we're going to do Claxons. We're going to give you groups of horses. So we're going to we're going to have you on. You're going to bet group A, B, C, or D, and we'll give you the horses that correspond to that group. So you'll have five horses in tomorrow's race. You can't win both prizes, by the way. If you if, you, if you're the first sure. and second place finisher both come out of your winning group, we'll go back to the next group to find the third place finisher. But that's how we'll do the Claxons. Uh, Giveaway coming up here at about 11.50 or thereabouts. Speaking of the Derby, uh, last night I tweeted out your thoughts. We had some questions, though, <laughs> as, as you put out, of course, uh, what you're thinking, kind of just some general thoughts on the Derby. Was this after 8.30 that hmm. this was officially put together? No, it was, I've been working on it since Monday. Okay, okay, good. good. Yeah. No, I get it. I get that the, the, that question would be brought up. That's how I do most of my betting on sports, right. on futures, uh, is after 8.30. It sure seems like, uh, seemed like the thing to do at the time, looking at it through those glasses and that lens. Anyways, yeah, um, so that's um, you can see those picks if you're so inclined at MillerandCondon.com. Emery Songer and I just taped about an hour mm-hmm. on horse racing in the Kentucky Derby that will oh, okay. air tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. On Emory Plus One. So if you are so inclined, Emory's a good horse player. He uh, works out there, works in the paddock, does the handicapping along with John Hernandez on the big race days. So uh, Emory and I will um, preview the Kentucky Derby on his show tonight. Emory Plus One Fridays at 6. And tonight, I'm the plus one. So the Lincoln Journal star is minus one. And that's where I want to start. Because our friend, Stephen M. Sippel... um, and I've had Sipple. I met Sipple 1993 for the first, three or four for the first time. Anyways, known him for a long time, and as good a guy as there is. And is Nebraska the third most popular team in the state of Iowa? In Central Iowa, are they number three? I think they are. In Central Iowa, no. Okay, let me put it this way: Is Nebraska the third? The 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 third ranked team where you would have an opinion either way, love or hate in Central Iowa. I would put them maybe fourth. Okay, behind who am I missing? Notre Dame. You think so, huh? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm deferring to you. I didn't yeah. grow up here. Yeah, I think Notre Dame is still a huge because contingent. of NBC, NBC, the national broadcast, Catholic. Uh huh. I mean, how many Catholics you know and their rooting interests are with the Fighting Irish? All right. There's a lot of people. Okay. My, my grandpa, we get in arguments all the time. You're Irish and Catholic, Trent. You need to root for Notre Dame. I said, no, I hate mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And no, I absolutely refused. No, Tim Brown, I do not like you. Rocket, those guys, absolutely not. But I think the Catholic contingent with that. How do you feel about Brady Quinn? 
No, that was after I cared. They were okay. so terrible at that point. Okay. Ron Paulus. I had opinions on Ron, Ron. Paulus. So did who was the Bino? Draft? Bino Cook. Bino yeah. Cook. He's going to win two, three Heisman. Two. two or three. three. I think it was three. three Multiple, Heismans. anyways. Um, anyway. I love Bino. I miss him so much. He was he was good on college football. Yes, he was. He was good on college football. But back to our friend Stephen M. Sippel, hanging it up at the Lincoln Journal Star after covering the Huskers for 30 years. We tease him, uh, Sip. Um, look, when we first came back here, I said, I've got I've got two sacred cows, and I got your your sign off your buy in on Stephen M. Sipple and Bama Bob. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm on the radio, the only thing I ask is in in the college season I want to talk to Bama and I want to talk to Sipple. And Sipple's leaving the Lincoln Journal Star after 30 years. So I texted him last night, and I congratulated him. And I said, I hope that this doesn't mean that our Thursday weekly Thursday chats in the fall are going to come to an end. I didn't ask him what he's going to do mm-hmm. or where he's going. Because there's something else. It's not a there's, retirement. It's not a retirement. He's going to do something. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't offer, mm-hmm. and I didn't push. But what he did say is he's pretty sure that we'll still continue our Thursday conversation. So it led me to speculate, and I'm going to do so with you here. All right. Um, where do you think he's going? Well, he does radio. He does radio, yeah. Is it taking over a Nebraska fan site? Or do they? Does his radio station publish his weekly column, or right. does he now cover the Huskers for whatever station Lincoln he works for? Right, that would make a lot. He of does sense. morning drive over there. Yep. But I've got one more that may come into play. One more, and we're seeing this all over the landscape. He's going to DraftKings. I wonder. Uh, sports betting entity. Sports betting is coming to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So does Stephen M. Sipple become their Trey Wingo or mm-hmm. their Kenny Maine with Caesars? Or I don't know. What do you think? I, I could definitely buy it. He certainly has built up the following that state sure. that people know who he is right. and respect what he has to say. And because of that, yeah, I think that would make a whole lot of sense. And he likes to dabble. He's a horse player. He he knows the betting game, mm-hmm. so I think that also would make a whole lot of sense, too. I'm getting guesses on my uh, text to me about the Athletic. They've got their guy at the Athletic. Mick Sherman yep. uh, covers the Nebraska for uh, for the Athletic. That would make some sense. I think it's one of two. I think it's... Um, we see television stations that have hired newspaper guys or writers to bring people to their website. Mm-hmm. I think it's either be his radio station or is there a sports betting entity gets involved. So hopefully Sip will still be on the Nebraska beat, just won't be for the Lincoln Journal Star. I wonder, wonder what was up, oh, within the last week or two weeks. His partner, that Parker Gabriel is, is his name. He was, uh, he was Sipple's, you know, Travis Hines to Randy Peterson okay. type of thing. Um, and and he left the paper and and he's actually now working for I think it's the Denver Post. He's covering the Broncos. But then I thought, well, Sip, you're going to be the lone guy that's still out there. And then we come to see the announcement yesterday. So is, is Lincoln just gutting their paper? Were they bought by a, a conglomerate? Um, yeah, that's going to you know make cuts here, there, and everywhere, and run that paper into the ground like we're seeing sadly throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see it. It's grind. That newspaper beat. Oh, I can imagine. And coming up with news stories, I uh, I listen. Tell you about a lot of the podcasts I listen to, and Richard Deitch, who does sports media, mm-hmm. uh, he had three people that used to be in the sports realm that have moved on to different careers on his podcast yesterday. I thought it was very interesting, and hearing still love writing, still love doing right. stories, but 
just kind of the sports realm, how, how difficult it is, or just going a completely different path. And I can't see that happening for me. I'm 42. Right. I think I got another couple decades in me. Fingers crossed that that's yeah. going to happen. But you can understand that would how get people, you to my age, right? And I can understand how people though you get burnout. Yeah. I mean, it, it can definitely sure. happen. Our job though, our job's fun. Mm-hmm. We're giving opinions. We're not grinding over a keyboard. Nope. We're watching games. No deadlines. I think no, no deadlines. Well, we gotta get we gotta get our breaks in. Right. That gotta be here. Make sure we're here before ten. Yeah. And for you, out of here a little before noon. <laughs> and that's just kind of the reality of of what we do. It's it's not the same grind that I think being on the beat oh. and having to come up with different ideas. Show up at every press conference. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand. Wait for your turn. Um, hope the questions are already asked in a way that. That's close to the way you want to ask it, but maybe not the right answer where you seemingly don't have to answer that or ask that same question again, just a tiny little bit different. Um, Go on the road with them, travel. Mm -hmm. Um, It'd be a cool job when you're younger, but Sip's got to be 60. Oh, yeah. He's got to be 60. Uh, All those old guys in the business just makes you see the you look in the mirror and see the end coming pisses me off that we're at this point that all these guys just walking away um anyways so good news though that simple i think so. be with us. i think so and that's a good news all right so uh, no basketball last night Mm-mm. there was uh, a smattering of baseball i watched the brewers and the reds during the day i didn't see much i, I tried who by the way who did the color for the twins last night I didn't even listen i mean i, I had it on but i it was it wasn't smally it wasn't more no who else does them? Do you, do you know at the top of your head? Do you Those know? are the main ones. I mean, in the past, it was Jack Morris. No, it wasn't Morris. No, he's with Detroit now, doing Detroit again. I don't know who else it would have I, been. And he was okay. It's just I didn't recognize the voice. Yeah. I, listening to him, I got the sense he was a pitcher. Okay. Jim Cott? Did he come back? No, it wasn't Cott. I would know his voice. Because he comes back in, well, at least in the he past. used to, yeah. yeah. Maybe a series a year, comes, mm-hmm. something like that. He's old now. I mean, he's got to be in his 80s, doesn't he's still he? still good. Oh, he's good, yeah. Well, they, they, he, he retired from the Yankees because he did the Yes yeah. Network forever. He's so, he is one of my uh-huh. favorites, just to, to hear him explain what is happening there. Bert didn't come back, did he? he no, was a, it wasn't Bert. He was in Tampa last weekend. Did you see oh, that? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, they showed was up he? on the screen. They didn't do the game. No, no, he was sitting in the stands. So did they circle Bert, which they would be didn't. kind of ironic, right? My, my wife asked the same thing. Are they going to circle him? And they didn't. I don't know. I think missed an opportunity. What, what are I they thought. thinking of? I thought of? the exact same thing. You got to circle Bert. Right. As many people as Bert circled. Um, uh, and listen for next time. If you okay. uh, I don't know who it was. By three loss. Yeah. Ugly. Back to back to the Orioles. And now, injury to Correa. So how severe? Finger, is that what I saw? MRI today mm-hmm. to see the, I think, extent of it. But you already said it. Royce Lewis is coming up. Yeah, that probably says a lot that this is not going to be a 10-day stay under yeah. the, the IL. Bring me something Trent, more significant. As good as Correa has been in the batter's box, the ball that he caught over his shoulder uh, running toward the outfield, the play that he made off Javier Baez, I mean, he made Baez's jaw drop, the defensive gem that he made and threw out Baez at first base on an incredibly tough play going toward third base. He's as, he's better defensively than I realize, which is what I've come to uh, to find out about him so far. A couple of uh, gold gloves already to his credit and watching guys like that. Now you know why. Yeah. It's just so fun when it's a baseball guy, you know he's a good glove, and then mm-hmm. you watch him you know, game in and game out, or at least a lot more than you did in the past. And Thad Levine, apparently. So Morneau must have done oh. most of the games. But when I was watching, it wasn't Morneau, it was Thad Levine. Thank you, Dave Sproul. That would make sense. So what? Um, how long has he been a part of the broadcast? Oh, he hasn't. He's part of the front office. It's Felvey and Levine. 
those are the two heads of the so organization. So that's what yes. he was doing it for. Yeah. So okay. it must have been, I don't know, something the contractor. He got to stop by a couple yes. times a year or something like that. Well, it was okay what he was doing. Yeah. He sounded good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why Morneau was gone, but who knows? Anyways. Um, we got one big baseball story tonight, though. We already talked about the Reds and fading them. What have you got? Well, this is the night as they head back to Cincinnati where a fan says that he is going to scale the wall and go take a crap on the field. Have you seen this story? No. So this guy posts this up on so, Reddit. Right. So why why would you give them notice? Well, <laughs> it's on the uh, subreddit for the Reds. During the Friday, May 6th game against the Pirates, I'll be scaling the wall to defecate in the bed of the Toyota Tundra. If anyone could take photos of me, I'd appreciate it. Then other people chimed in and said they're also going to go at that time onto the field, and they're all going to take a crap on the field. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I feel pretty confident it won't, Trent. But you know what? You got the MLB package. I do. Come the fifth inning, you get to hop over there. So, and just make so sure they've, you're there. They've, they've they've said when they're going to do it. No, I didn't. They've say gone what, that far. Yeah, I did say what inning. Five forty start though for that one. That's. I mean, but so if I, I, I can't watch that entire game. Might that have game's to. going to be the. You know what? It I don't want us to have to watch guys. Um, oh. Where did you see that on Reddit? Re- well, somebody sent it to me. Reddit is a place that I have not gone down. I, you know, I never go there. It's another, you know, message board type of place. But it's but, bit, it's a huge oh, community, yeah. right? And anything that you can imagine. It doesn't matter if you like collecting matchbox cars or if you like talking about the Reds and taking craps on the field. They got mm-hmm. something for you every realm and walk of life. Who owns Reddit? No clue. But it's been around a long time. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, that's I'm like you. I I never go to Reddit for, um, anyways. So, uh, hockey from last night, just your thoughts. How'd you do? Uh, another winning night. In fact, uh, I handed out four winners yesterday. Hit On the, the circle? Yeah. Good. Hit the parlay that we had in hockey, needed overtime to do it with Nashville and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Wasn't feeling great about that game either. You know what? I, I thought that as that game is going on, um, you're going to get you're, you're gonna something fluky. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say that word, but you're going to get. You're, it, was, it wasn't going to go your way. Um, Colorado had 50 shots on yeah, goal. Yeah, Colorado was the best team, but Nashville it's going to be one of these games that somehow Nashville's going to find a way to win. It skips off uh-huh. a stick and in and 2-1 winner. Nashville split it and going back to Nashville for game three. Instead, Colorado got it done, got the win there. Uh, baseball last night gave you the Rockies, gave you, of course, the Brewers minus one and a half. And what was my other one? Oh, the Cardinals plus money last night. So 4-0, but hockey-wise, you know, I watched a lot of Colorado and Nashville. That was about it, though. I didn't watch much of the early stuff. You have to fill me in. Yeah, Pe- Penguins Rangers was close for a while, and then the Rangers um, pulled away. Likewise, Florida, Florida was two one for at, at one point, and then Florida uh, asserted themselves and they pulled away in that. Uh, and I thought Calgary would win. I, that's the one I got wrong last night. I thought all four home teams would win. Calgary didn't. We will go to Churchill Downs next. Catch up with our friend Jerry Crawford. Little Derby conversation with Crawford. A lot of Derby conversation at six o'clock tonight. Emery Songer and I are. Up, uh, I did Emery show. Emery plus one that will air at six if you want some derby eh, musings derby advice uh, you'll certainly get them from six to seven here this evening but right now it's time for another thousand dollar home run enter this nationwide keyword at kxno.com it's fun fun at kxno.com Jerry Crawford from Churchill Downs next Miller and Condon Des Moines Sports Station 106.com Do you know all the words? No, I don't. I bet you Jerry Crawford does. He certainly heard it enough times. My My old old Kentucky Kentucky home. home. 
Uh, let's get Jerry Crawford. He, along with the the, uh, the group, uh, own Mo Donegal, number one in tomorrow's Kentucky Derby. Hello, Jerry Crawford. Trent and Ken, how are you? Trent and Ken, great to be with you. Uh, thanks for having me on. I have to say the Des Moines media has really been generous in their comments and support and uh it's prompted us to hear from lots of people wishing us well down here i'm not surprised jerry that's great to hear uh 2010 let's go back to the 2010 before we get to the here and now uh you of course you and your group had patio prado uh that was really your first derby with a with a group of folks that you put together I, I stood right beside you when he uh, put in his final workout the the weekend before, and I came away thinking, boy, oh, boy, Jerry, you're going to win the Kentucky Derby. You got close. You finished third. I still contend that if Super Saver doesn't get to the hole first, Patty Oprado does, and you're wearing the roses in the winner's circle. It wasn't meant to be. Do you feel going into tomorrow like you did going into the race in 2010 as far as optimism? I, I have to be honest and say I feel – even better. I've never felt this way at a Kentucky Derby. I've been hopeful and I've been uh, impressed with how our horses have been doing, you know, particularly the two that finished third uh, in the Derby previously, but this just feels different. Now, part of that, Ken, is experience of being in this amazing spectacle uh, and race. Um, you, You know, you have a little experience at how to deal with it, how to process it, um, but part of it just is this horse is sitting on go. I mean, he he has never been better than he is today. That's from Todd Pletcher's mouth earlier this morning. Um, all he needs is the right trip. And if he gets it, he's going to be very difficult to contend with. And, of course, we got Irad Ortiz, by anybody's definition, one of the two top jocks in the world. Um, so, I, I mean, that all adds up to a lot of confidence. Things... More things, more bad things can happen in this race than good things. Nineteen horses out of twenty are going to lose, mm-hmm. but I, but I wouldn't trade places with anyone, Ken. When the post position comes out, number one, certainly in the past, it felt well, you knew it was a death knell. Different now with the the twenty horse the starting gate that they have. But when you saw that one, was there at least a sinking fe- feeling just initially saying anything but the one? No, actually, I made a point because I believed it. Uh, in my soul, I made a point of telling everybody who would listen before the draw that I literally did not care what post position we got. I read Ortiz actually wanted to be inside, so he's he's very very happy with the one hole. And we've this horse has of course won twice in graded stakes from the one hole, so it's no nothing new for him. And like you said, the new gate, both the fact that it's just one seamless gate, and mm-hmm. secondly, the fact that they've moved it up and angled it differently creates an open run uh, to that long stretch for our horse. Uh, Jerry, I watched him train all week. Um, look, he's he's a closer, right? But what, what impressed me in his final workout, he had a workmate with him, and he wouldn't let that horse get by him. He just kept, you know, giving a little bit more and just uh, um, giving all that. He just wouldn't let him by. I like the compete that I saw in Mo Donegal. He looks, he looks great. Uh, your thoughts on how he's worked coming up to this race? Yeah, uh, I I agree with you. Um, when Irad got off, he said he just felt like he could explode underneath them. And, of course, we didn't let him do that. We didn't want him to leave anything out on the track uh, in his final breeze. But he, he has breezed 
exceptionally well, better even than before the wood, which, of course, turned out to be a pretty special day. Yeah, no question about that. Who, In your mind, Jerry, who are some of the horses that you think uh, um, main danger will be? Give us a couple of names, the main danger. If Mo Donald's going to win, he's going to have to beat, well, 19, we get it. But of those 19, who do you think the most, uh, the, the most uh, difficult to beat will be? You know, I, I would have said Taiba before I got down here. Um, Taiba, you know, they paid a million seven for that horse as a yearling. A uh, little, little, little out of our league, to say the least. But, but uh, you know, the horse standing still in a quiet spot looks like a jaguar. But just, you know, there are about 100 people uh, lining the gap when the horses come out to work out in the morning. And he, several days in a row, just completely freaked out from the commotion caused by 100 people. And he's going to have 160,000 people yelling at him at the start. So I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, and he's only had two races. Um, obviously very precocious. Obviously very well bred. Uh, you know, the thing about a horse like Taiba is you just have no clue what to expect. Um, Messier, uh, obviously a very talented horse. I, I'm surprised at the attention Zandon has been getting not because he isn't good but because frankly the bluegrass was a weak prep compared Mm -hmm. to some of the others um but you know one great thing about being in a spot where you don't find yourself saying i wish i had that horse instead of mine that's not the case with us (laughs) we're we're just very pleased to uh, have mo donegal and so i haven't been very focused on the others Jerry, what's different than where you started 12 years ago with your first derby horse in Patio Prado? What's different for you and, and walking through and seeing the twin spires? It's still got to be amazing to do it, but how different it is than the first time 12 years ago? Um, it, it, it's bigger but calmer. Um, and I, I'm so excited to maybe be able to do this for our partners um, who have been very supportive. We have 54 partners in the partnership that owns Mo Donegal. Uh, and then, of course, we sold uh, a piece of the horse to Mike Rapoli. For people who don't know Mike Rapoli, he is... Vitamin water. Ca- ...character writ large. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's, a, he's a classic guy. And he said to the press, you know, I got 80 people here. I, I've never been to a race where I had the fewest people of my partners. <laughs> he said, we're, get, we're getting dwarfed by this Donegal outfit. So... Um, that's been fun to work with him on this, too. What would it mean to win, Jerry? Oh, it would mean everything. Like I said, I would... I mean, I mean, I don't mean to be disingenuous. Would would I be happy about winning for my family and myself, of course, but to be able to do it for the partners who have believed and have stayed the course, and uh, it, 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 I'll just say this. John Steinbeck famous author uh came to the kentucky derby one year and got completely hooked on horse racing and he said once you let the kentucky derby into your soul the only way to extinguish it is with formaldehyde Mm. Um, and i thought that was pretty poetic and pretty accurate too uh it, it it would you know it would probably make a sentence in my uh Yep. Obituary. Yep. <laughs> nope, for sure. Hey, best of luck to you and your group, Jerry. Uh, if you do win, and I think you got a big chance, uh, we get you Monday morning. Promise? 
Uh, I have, yes. Okay, uh, deal. Just, yeah. <laughs> Way to put him on the spot. Good job, Kenny. <laughs> you have to do it. Uh, good luck, Jerry Crawford. We're rooting for you. I think as we talked yesterday, I think you've got a big, big chance uh, to, to capture the run for the Roses. Thank Jerry. Enjoy the Derby. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Good to talk to you. Jerry Crawford, one of the, well, the um, managing partner of uh, Donegal Racing. 54 people. Bunch of Iowans mm-hmm. um, still own a piece of it, but it's branched out across the country now more so than when Patty Prado uh, and the group was uh, just setting out. And we'll see. this is not you betting because there's an Iowa connection. Because no, there's I, been other Iowa no, connections. Right. I don't want to lose my money. I'm not right. going to bet a horse. I don't think he has a chance. But he's part of the five horses that you put out there. Again, everything uh, up on Miller and Condon on the Twitter account there. But you like Modonical. I do. I like. I think Epicenter's the horse to beat. He'll be the favorite. I, th- I think Modonic can absolutely win. Then I threw in three long shots, who I'm going to play on every ticket, just because I love the way they've looked in their training sessions in the morning, mm-hmm. and they're all twenty to one. Um, a couple of them might be even north of twenty to one. It's the best betting race in the world. There's twenty horses in it. So how would you, for a novice like me that just gets in at this time or throws a couple of bucks every once in a while, I'll head out to Prairie once a year to do it? Are we are we doing exactas? Are well, we doing I, tries? I would bet exactas. That's where you have to have the first two horses in the proper finish. Do you box them then every time well, too? I, 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 you can, but I I find a and key that means for the for, they finish his first or second. Yep. So what I do is called a key box. Okay. So I'll take Mo Donegal, uh-huh. and then I'll put him with four or five other horses. So as long as Mo Donegal's first or second, and any of those other five are first or second, then I win. Gotcha. So okay. that's called a key. My a key, key will be Mo Donegal. Gotcha. And then the other ones. And then the other ones. Okay. So that's how I'm going to play the race. I think he's got a big chance. I, having said that, you can see the five that I like, and there's some big, big prices in there, and I'm going to play them all. <laughs> I take the elastic band off the bankroll. I know you do. When it comes to this race. And then when I see a Monday, there's yeah, usually a lot clobbered. of grumbling. <laughs> clobbered. I can't believe I did this why again. Do, why do I bet this stupid race? There's too many horses. <laughs> uh, I just love it, though. Tom Cakert, he's next. Uh, we'll talk Hawkeyes with Tom when we come back again. If you want to see the picks, how I see it, you can go to the Miller and Condon Twitter account. There they shall be. Four of you are going to get groups of five horses. Uh, in the Claxons giveaway at about 11.50. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. About 10.45 on a Friday. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until noon. Mike Palm, Circus Sports coming up at 11.05. We'll head to Vegas. Dave Sproul on Iowa State about 11.25. And then we'll give four of you a group of horses uh, in the uh, Kentucky Derby. That's part of the Claxons Barbecue giveaway coming up about 11.50. Again, if you want to participate uh, and you've done so within the last 30 days, that means you're not eligible. Not eligible. Um... But you can if you fit that criteria. Let's get to our friend Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program. Hello, Tom. Trenton Ken, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Um, Condon tried to throw cold water. <laughs> <laughs> throw me under the bus, too. Uh, Trent, um, 
had some information the other day, Tom, and I'm sure it probably made uh, it certainly made our Twitter account. And wondering if it did likewise at Hawkeye Report. Getting some buzz that, and I know that Halasra, the Cedar Rapids Gazette, followed up with the story yesterday. Chris Murray, who I thought was almost as close a thing to a cinch to come back next year, that might not be the case, Tom. What are you hearing? He'll be back. Yes, Trent. Wow. Dang, I love it. Very confident uh, that he will be back. Now, he has gotten a lot of buzz, okay? He he certainly has. He's been working out with his brother, and um, he is the big kid from Baylor, Meyer, and also um, uh, the bean kid from Utah State, and some other guys. They've all been kind of working out, and he's been killing it at workouts. He's been doing great. Um, you know, and he got, you know, when he put his name in, they give you an evaluation too. And they kind of tell you, and he was told like mid to late second round, um, initially, and he might've upped that stock a little bit just based on the workouts. And he got an invite to the NBA combine. I don't think he's going to do that now. I think he's just going to, um, maybe do a workout with the agency that they're kind of, that, uh, Keegan is working with and maybe do some workouts there. But other than that, um, his plan is he wants to come back to the University of Iowa next year and be the man. So great news. Um, so uh, I would I would suspect that sometime in early June he's going to um, announce that he's uh, returning to the University of Iowa. Well, there'll be a lot of hand wringing over the next month. And I didn't say he was gone by any means, No, Tom. you didn't. That's true. I said that I was told two different people, better chance than not, he was going to stay in the draft. And that still could change too, Tom, over the next month. If you know, Golden State or, or Memphis or Phoenix or somebody like that at the end of the first round says, hey, we're going to take you with this pick, he would take that guarantee, right? Being a late first round pick, he would stay in the draft if that came from a team, correct? Um... Maybe, maybe. Okay. Chance he would do that. I think there's a chance he would do that. But I think he's kind of, kind of set on coming back and kind of set on the idea that he wants to be. um, You know, he he thinks he can follow in the footsteps of his brother and Mm -hmm. um, be a potential lottery pick next year. So um, (laughs) there's a little competitiveness going on amongst (laughs) the uh, the Murray the Murray twins right now. So um, so, Chris the, will see where where Keegan get is drafted. Six and 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 to... <laughs> hey, hey, Chris will always tell you that he's better than Keegan. Love that. Always. I do absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and Keegan likewise say, probably uh, want to say he's better than his brother, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. There's a uh, a, a good competitiveness, uh, and 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 Keegan or Chris will tell you that he beats his brother all the time one on one. Isn't that something? I love it. Absolutely love it. So. They're still searching for a big man, and that remains, yep. regardless one way or the other with Chris. They're still in there looking, of course, over the weekend. Uh, you had the news about the big man from Louisiana, his visit, everything happened there. He ultimately commits to Ole Miss. So what can you tell us on the front? Who are some other names they're involved with, and how deep are they going to go? There's a lot of names still in the portal. They missed on some of their top targets, but how deep are they going to go still searching for another big? Yeah, they're still like, what is it like? 1,500 guys in the portal? Jeez. That's <laughs> wild. Just, not all of them are big men. There's a lot of guards in there, too. But, um, yeah, you're, the the big challenge for Iowa is going to be, right now, they don't have uh, the NIL infrastructure set up right now to 
to make, you know, those kind of uh, arrangements that are going on all over the country. Mm -hmm. Like the kid who um, went to Texas Tech, kid who went to Ole Miss. Um, You know, from what I've heard, those guys both got a a nice chunk of change. Mm -hmm. And um, Iowa couldn't make those sort of agreements uh, with them. Iowa, Iowa boosters, I should say. Iowa Collective, right. maybe might be the best word. How too. far away is it, Tom? Um, you know, they've got things kind of moving in the right direction. Um, you know, they're moving in in terms of getting a 501c3 established, which is what most of those collectives are, um, a nonprofit organization. Um, and they're, they're moving to get that done. Um, you know, they thought they had a director uh, who was going to run it, but um, oh, he has he has decided to not do that. So I think they're kind of back to square one with uh, with finding out who's going to kind of be the face of of that um, organization. So we'll see um, where it goes. The Fiesta Summit is happening this week. You wonder what is the Fiesta Summit? Well, that's when people go down to Arizona. <laughs> And the Fiesta Bowl, of course, puts them up after they're done with their meetings and does great things. It's at a beautiful hotel. This is where college administrators, athletic directors, and the like get together and clap hands and have some drinks and play some golf and and maybe get a little extra something-something that now is at least going to the players. But as it's going on, there's actually some big, big meetings that are happening right now, talking about what the future of NIL is going to be, what these collectives, what they can be, and are rules being broken currently even with not a whole, whole lot of guardrails in place. Tom, it's a big-picture question, but just where you think we are and where we're going to be here soon as it pertains to NIL and these collectives. Yeah, I was, I was reading the Ross Dellinger uh, story last night and just chuckling that the NCAA thinks they're going to get their hands around this and <laughs> and, and put, put it all back together again, and that schools that are, uh, you know, boosters that are talking to student-athletes or prospects or whatever, uh, that somehow they're going to be able to punish them after the fact. I mean, it's just, you want to know why the NCAA is in the position it's in? Because they put out stuff like that. Yep. And they tell reporters things like that. It's just it's pure lunacy that they're going to try and, you know, unring the bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they kicked this can down the road for seven years, I think, mm-hmm. since the O'Bannon decision. And they've just... And then they, at the end, when they saw everything was happening, they just threw their hands up and said, go ahead, you guys do this. <laughs> now they, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. That's why Mark Emmert's out of a gig and mm-hmm. they've got to figure something out because this is not sustainable. But I also think that market forces will, will cause a course correction because eventually some of these boosters are just going to be like, you know, only one team can win the college football playoff. Right. And, the, and, and we're eight and four. Off. How much I'm, I gave you guys a million dollars to get these five stars, and we didn't make the yeah, We're in the Liberty Bowl. That's not what I mean, right? Yeah, that's not what I paid for. <laughs> right. They yeah. want return on investment. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's how they've uh, made their money. A lot of them is significant returns on investment. Tom, what I'm, I'm hearing more, more than anything else when it comes to this is, is it, it's the collective that seemingly is now drawing the attention and the focus and the ire of everybody who tr- wants to, you know, force a market correction of some kind. If they can get the quote boosters out of it, um, then they think that will be a win. 
Can they, Tom? I mean, and, and if they do, I would have to think that, you know, the schools are going to have to get involved, right? They're going to have to share the windfall uh, of the television money that's going to do nothing but get bigger in the next couple of years. But they're starting to focus in on removing the booster aspect of it. Feasible? Yeah, good luck. Right? That's what I would say. Good luck. I mean, the, the, the guy who gave Nigel Peck $800,000 basically said, bring it on. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, you know, so he's not going to. This isn't scaring him. When's the last time the NCAA won a court case? <laughs> yeah, uh, never. Nineteen ninety nine. Never win anything. Right. They're just. It's an incompetent organization that has just got by. The the real solution, guys, is that you just you start making the athletes employees of the university, and you give them a cut of the pie, and. You collectively bargain some things, and that's how it should work. That's make it make it professional. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only way you're going to get this under control. Because I don't think any of us saw that this was going to be the path for the NIL. I think all of us kind of thought, well, there might be some of these agents that help guys get their side hustle going, and um, you know, get them some some extra cash, but I didn't, I don't think anybody really thought, wow, the boosters are just going to start, you know, the, the foxes are all over the hen house. Right. None of us thought that really. And here we are. And uh, you never know how something's going to form. And a year from now, the collectives might be uh passe. It might not work, but everybody's doing a collective now because Texas A&M signed a bunch of people for 30 million bottom line the bottom line why it happened why these collectives are are growing everywhere and why nick saban's pissed off about it is because Mm -hmm. you know they're getting all texas a&m got all these players Mm -hmm. why it's it's why it is way it is it's ugly and we will see how it shakes out for the here and now though hey get that money young men as much as you can at this point in time. That's the way that I look at it. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Speaking of the Hawkeyes, the baseball team, big series for them coming up. Bad loss in their midweek game against Illinois State. I think they dropped, what, 12 spots in the RPI after that loss to Illinois State. The record looks good. RPI's in the 70s right now. Still work to do. Feels like a real big one. And and three series remaining. They probably got to win all three series and maybe even get a sweep in there in one of the three. Yeah, I would think they've got a they've got a pretty much win all three for two of those three series, um, just because some of the competition's not gonna be tough. And that starts this weekend with Purdue, uh, who's been kind of a yo yo. Uh, you know, they were really good out of the gate this year and then they've kinda slipped back a little bit now the competition's gotten a lot tougher, so uh they've gotta pick up some wins and you know, it's just those midweek games just come back to bite you, and this, that Illinois State one is just boy, it's a tough one to lose, and um, and that's gonna it's gonna come back to bite them. Uh, Tom, I'm not sure if you saw this early in the week, but FanDuel uh, was the first that we've seen anyways. It's starting oh, yeah. to trickle out offshore. Uh, oh, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom knows. Tom knows. Uh, but just your thoughts on the Big Ten. Trent, do you have the Big Ten West odds in front of you? Yeah, Wisconsin the favorite. I, tweeted, I actually tw- I tweeted it out, actually. Did oh, you, you did? Nice. You had it cut off, though. Oh, you didn't have Northwestern right, on there. That's right, that we're missing the team. Yeah, I at 75-1. It didn't show Northwest. I forgot to hit the bottom thing where it's like show all. <laughs> Wisconsin so. plus one eighty five, Nebraska the second choice five to two, Purdue I went plus five fifty, and Tom I was intrigued at that Gophers nine to one. There's something as much as I hate Phil Fleck 
at nine to one, that seemed like a good price. What was your takeaway? Yeah, um, but they love getting that Nebraska money, don't it's they? Indeed. It's unreal every year. <laughs> <laughs> they just and those people just fork that money over. Uh-huh. They're just they're driving to that casino over in Council Bluffs <laughs> and just pounding that money in. Oh, it's the best. I mean, that's just I that I, I think I think Trent, you might be right that Phil Fleck might be the yeah. might be the bet there because. Their schedule is pretty favorable. It is. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin deserved favorite, Tom? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I, th- I, I think that's a little heavy. I, uh, the Nebraska thing. I mean, how do you do that? How do you put yeah. them up there that high? Year after every year, year, every year. You know and the they, reason. And the Nebraska fans just, mm-hmm. and it's because those those places don't want the liability with Nebraska. <laughs> that's right. They do win. Yep. That's all it is. Yeah, and they'll be lined up to better. They're, they're cro- I can see them crossing the bridge from Omaha into Council Bluffs. Halfway <laughs> halfway across the river when their app uh, goes live again, they're firing and turning around the next exit and heading right back to wherever <laughs> wherever it is that they live. Uh, anyways, they're good. hitting that casino, the casino with all the truck stops and everything. Yeah. They're on Council Bluffs. Well, you know, and they're getting sports wagering. They've passed sports wagering. It's on, it's um, you know getting closer all the time over in Nebraska. How will they have to adjust the lines on any Husker game, regardless of who their opponent is? Because it's I, by the way, I did. I saw Caesars has some games posted, early season games posted too. Yeah, I think uh, FanDuel had Week One games. We talked about them. I think last week, a so. handful of them. They're right? trickling. Yeah. We're trickling. Yeah, yeah. It's still only like May. The Ohio State game. The Ohio State game was like Notre Dame was like thirteen and a half uh-huh. for Ohio State, which was wow. I was like, wow, that's a bit heavy. Yeah, pretty good. We we shall see. Tom, good stuff. Sounds like Big Ten Media Days are in Indianapolis, huh? Yes. Yeah, 26th, 27th. We'll check in with you from there. So disappointing. <laughs> good stuff. Thank you, Tom Caker. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, talk to you in a week's time. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good to hear from you. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, off to Vegas we shall go. Mike Palm Circus Sports in his normal spot. Dave Sproul talks Iowa State. And then Claxons in our final hour of the week. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.